seen him. This time, special art to you by Ronnie Coulter. fifth graders this morning, we was, taught, we was learning a, about Isaac, Abraham and Isaac, how God, how Abraham gave Isaac for a sacrifice for us, to the Lord. Of course, God had a way out, but Abraham was tested, and he went through that test. It's called, I lay my Isaac down. chapter 7 this morning. Matthew chapter 7. It is good to be back here. Thank you for our
prayers and our revival meeting, and we took off last week. I'm so thankful for Brother Hayden filling in, and uh, thankful for his abilities that he has. What a great preacher that he is, and I know that God used him in a mighty way. Uh, I got to go to church down in Sterlington last Sunday morning, and boy, what a blessing that was. And uh, God is blessing them in a mighty way. Continue uh, to remember them. I got to meet the little baby we've been praying for. And what a precious little baby. And we talked about the kids we have. They're a brand new church. And I think they had six or seven kids there under five, six years old. Uh, what a blessing. So continue to remember them. And, uh, and something else that I want to mention, I know in the summer we've been scattered a hundred different ways. Vacation here, church camp there. It's been crazy. It's been nuts. I, myself, my family, we've been scattered about. We're getting into this schedule, and I want to encourage dedication. I want to encourage you to come to church a little more. If you're just Sunday morning, try Sunday school. Come next week and go to Sunday school. we got great Sunday school teachers all over this place. Be here for this. If you don't come on Sunday night, I encourage you to come. Some of you used to come. Don't come anymore. I encourage you to come on Sunday night. I encourage you to come on Wednesday night. I don't know about y'all, but I need every bit of it I can get. And we need the encouragement of one another. We need the instruction of God's Word. I'm not preaching at you. I'm not, I'm not meddling this morning. I'm just trying to encourage a little more faithfulness. Let's get faithful. Meet at the school 5 o'clock, and let's pray for them, and we'll be back at 545 for service. If you love the Lord, say amen. amen. Stand with me for the reading of God's Word, Matthew 7. And that's my fussing for today. I'm not going to fuss anymore. <clears throat> Matthew 7, 24. Jesus said, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not. For it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house. And it fell, and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the instruction that Jesus gave us, this instruction that you intend for us to apply to our hearts and our lives. I pray, God, that you'd open our hearts to it this morning. I pray that we would be soft and, and moldable to the, to the Word of God. May we be pliable to what you want us to do this morning. God, I need your strength. I need your guidance. I need your power to preach. I can't do it without you, Lord. And Lord, I want you today. I need you today. And I pray that when this message is preached, I'm not seen, but I pray that you're seen. I pray, God, that I'm not heard, but you're heard. And I pray, Lord, that souls will be saved and the saved will be encouraged. Lord, we need encouragement. We need encouragement. We are killed all the day long. We're counted as sheep to the slaughter. Oh, God, we are bouncing around this whole world. And us to say, folks, we got to get back to that rock. we got to get back to that, fir that firm foundation. 
Lord, help us do that this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to speak to you upon the subject, a firm foundation. A firm foundation. If you look in our text this morning, Jesus is preaching His very first message. And He begins to, to, to preach on the subject of grace and love. And He's presenting a subject that these Pharisees have never heard before. And a lot of this is kind of going contradictory what they thought with the law that they were taught in the Old Testament. But at the end of the day, this was the fulfillment of that law. But Jesus is teaching them grace. He's teaching them love. He's teaching them to go beyond the Old Testament law. Jesus is bringing this new way. And Jesus is the embodiment of the law. He is about to embody everything the Old Testament law has ever set out to do. And not really did He come to destroy, but He came to fulfill that law. And in the fulfilling of that law, we move from the law to grace. Aren't you glad we're living under the grace of God today? Aren't you glad that that's what we live by, is by the grace of God? And at the, uh, the end, the conclusion of his very first sermon, he lays out this analogy, this metaphor, to help describe unto us how important it is to apply the things that he has told us to our life. Now, if you look in chapter 7, the end of the chapter, he presents three different things and three different thoughts. In verse 13 and 14, he presents the two ways. That refers to salvation. There's only one way to heaven. There's one way to hell. That's it. There's no in-between. There's no other way. Jesus said there's two ways. One of two ways. And the only way to go to heaven is through the straight gate. He provides these two ways and two ways of salvation. If you go to verse 15 through verse 20, he presents two trees. These trees represent our spiritual life and our growth. There's trees that's going to produce good fruit, and there's trees that's going to produce bad fruit. So he deals with salvation, and then he deals with spiritual growth. We need to be saved, and we need to grow spiritually. And then he throws something in the midst of this that gets us all wondering what's going on. And in verse 21, he said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. So he tells us how to be saved. He tells us how to spiritually grow. And then he said, Oh, by the way, some of you is going to get it wrong. Oh, by the way, some of you is going to think you were saved, but you really weren't saved. He presents two ways. He presents two, two trees about our growth. And then he said, by the way, some of you is going to get it wrong. But boy, that's real encouraging, isn't it? <laughs> and here is Jesus throwing these things out of how to be saved and how to follow Jesus. And then he said, there's an opportunity and the chance that you might be deceived, that you might be lied to, that you may live a false life, a hypocritical life. And you say, well, preacher, how do we know? How, how do we get to the place? Because at the end of the day, he tells me this is the way. And then he said that you may not find it. And, he's, and you may say, preacher, I'm scared to death. I don't know. Well, aren't you glad that Jesus answers that question? And he tells us that, yes, there's some doubts. And there's some things that we need to be certain about. But I'm glad we can be certain about them today. I'm glad that we can have some assurance today. I'm glad we're not like lost people running around this world trying to find ourselves. As God's people, we ought to have some stability. 
We ought to have some security. We ought to have a foundation to live upon. God's people ought not live in wonder. They ought not live in doubt. They ought not live, well, is God going to handle this? They ought not live with every little thing coming around in society that's popular that you jump on the bandwagon. Child of God, we need some spiritual stability. We need to build our house upon the rock. And we need a firm foundation. We need something that we can lay our head down on our pillow at night, knowing that God is in control. I'm telling you, we need the unction within our spirit that no matter which way the world goes, we know that God has got it all under control, that God's got it handled. I'm telling you, we need to quit allowing every wind of doctrine to pull us here and there and yonder, allowing every little old fad to, to get us off the rock. Child of God, we got to stop that. we got to quit doubting our salvation. We got to quit doubting whether God really meant what He said because I promise you He means it and it's real. We need to quit allowing science to get us to question and doubting. We need to quit allowing philosophy to question the things of God. We need to get set on a firm foundation and get rooted and built upon that firm foundation. You say, preacher, how do I do that? How do I get built upon that firm foundation? Well, I'm glad you asked the question. Let's look here at verse 24. Notice the building of this foundation. It said, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Notice what he said. Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. Here's the difference. And the man that builds on the rock and the man that builds on the sand. Both men hear, but not both of them do what God told them to do. Jesus said, if you want to build your house upon a firm foundation, you listen to what I have to say, and then you become obedient to what I've told you to do. He talks about the two ways, that salvation. He talks about the two trees, that spiritual growth. And now he's talking about the everyday faith building upon the foundation. Child of God, Jesus is our rock. He is our firm foundation. And the only way to stay upon that foundation is to be obedient to the Word of God. If you want to have a solid foundation in your life, don't just listen to what God has to say. Do what God has to say. Be obedient to His Word. Be obedient to His Spirit's call. Every time the Holy Spirit leads you and guides you, you become obedient. Because every time that you're obedient... You're building upon the rock. But every time that you tell God no, you're beginning to build on the sand. And it's not a question if, it's when the storm comes. Because the storm's coming. And if you're not doing what God wants you to do, you will not be ready for the storm. And that's why so many of God's people get washed out in the ocean and drowned to death because they're not built upon the rock. We wait till everything is in pieces to get upon the rock. Child of God, get on the rock today. Say, how do I get on the rock? You simply become obedient to the message of God. You apply everything this Word tells you to your life. If you want to build upon the rock, get in the Word of God. Building upon the rock involves finding the right rock. The Greek word rock simply here reveals the bedrock. 
This is not a protruding rock. This is not a, a rolling rock, a small rock, but a bedrock is a big rock. It is a foundational stone that you can build upon. But normally to get to the bedrock, you have to dig out the junk that is on top. Because normally there is soil, there is thorns, there are thistles, there are things growing on top of the bedrock. But once you cling that junk off, you can find the bedrock. And once you build upon the bedrock, there is nothing that this world can throw at you to move the building that you've built upon the bedrock. May I tell you, we have a bedrock that we can build upon. But getting to that bedrock, we have to get some things out of the way. And we've got to dig the sin in the world and the, the wickedness out of our life to get to the bedrock. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of us that are floating here, there, and yonder because we're not on the bedrock. Because we got so much junk on top that we're not living on top of the bedrock. There's too many thorns and thistles and the world's ways getting in our way of living on the bedrock. May I tell you, Jesus is that bedrock. He's a solid, firm foundation. And there's a lot of junk that is, tries to get between us and Him. But if we keep that junk cleaned off, I'm telling you, we can live on that bedrock. And Jesus is and will and always will be a firm foundation. Let me tell you something. You can build on Jesus. You can build on Jesus. Finding the right rock. You've got to find that bedrock. Building also involves listening and obeying the Word of God. The only way to stay on this rock is by listening. That means we've got to listen. That means we need to go to Sunday school. That means we need to go to church. That means we need to get in our Bibles and we need to read the Word of God. A lot of us are not on the bedrock because we're miles from the Word of God. We're not living in His Word. He said you got to do it, but He said first you got to listen. A lot of us don't want to listen. We need to listen to the Word of God, and we need to do it. And when we listen and we surround ourselves with the Word of God, I promise you, you will be building upon a firm foundation. Isn't it amazing when you gravitate away from your Bible, how easily moved you are? When you gravitate away from the Word, how easy it is for the devil to get us so stirred up. But when we're living in the Word of God, how hard it is to be moved. Aren't you thankful for that? Aren't you thankful that we can find strength in the Word of God? I want you to hold your place here. I want you to look in Matthew 16. Matthew 16. Building upon this rock... Involves listening, obeying, involves finding the right rock, but it also involves a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want you to look down here in Matthew 16. Brother Frank, you just went to Israel. Do you remember going to Caesarea Philippi? What do you remember about Caesarea Philippi? One word, rock. The ground is a rock. Walls are rock. Everywhere you look is a rock. Here's Jesus at Caesarea Philippi with His disciples. And He said here in verse 17, And Jesus answered and said unto them, He just asked them, Who do men say that I am? And He said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. 
And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So you can imagine this analogy that he's drawing with the disciples. Here they are in a city of rock. There's nothing but stone in Caesarea Philippi. And then he says, he says, who do men say that I am? And then he said, who do you say that I am? And of course we know that Peter professed him as Lord and Savior. And he said, Peter, upon this, upon that profession, I will build my church. I want you to notice the verse, and we've got to get this right, because a lot get it wrong. And he said, I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against I heard for years that this rock was Peter, and that the church is going to be built on Peter. And you go to the book of Acts, and the message that he preached is the church starting on Peter. Let me tell you something. I don't want to be a part of anything that's built on a man. Peter was great, but he's not the Son of God. May I tell you, I don't want to be a part of something that is based and founded upon a man. I want to be in something that is founded upon Jesus Christ. I want you to know that he's not saying, I'm going to build this church on you. He said, I'm that rock. I'm that firm foundation. Jesus is making himself the rock of the church. May I tell you, the word Peter in the Greek means petros, and it means a small stone or a rolling stone. Almost titled the message, Don't Be a Rolling Stone. I didn't know how y'all would like that. But that's what that word means, is a rolling stone. Because Peter was a rolling stone. He was unstable. He was changeable. Everything about his life was uncertain because he was a rolling stone. He was a pebble. He was a small rock. But Jesus said, I'm the bedrock. And he said, upon me, I will build my church. I'm taking your profession of faith and I'm taking what you believe in me and I'm putting that on top of me and I'm going to build the church on me. May I tell you, the head of our church is Jesus Christ. He's the CEO. He's the dictator. I'm telling you, He's in charge of this church because He died for this church. He bled for this church. He's the foundation of this church. We're the small stone that is built upon the big stone. He's the cornerstone. He's the rock. He's the rock of ages. He's the foundation. May I tell you that He is the foundation which we build upon. You cannot have a firm foundation in your life without a relationship with Jesus. Can't do it. And He said, because you have a relationship with me, I will take that profession of faith and I will allow you to build on top of me. You build on me. Build on Jesus. Build on His Word. Build on His will. Build on His way. May I tell you, it may not be popular, but it still works. It may not be the popular thing to do in this world, but it still works. When all the world is is going back and forth, I'm telling you, if you've got Jesus number one in your life, you'll be firm. You'll be solid and you'll be there. Because when the world changes, Jesus isn't going to change. He's not going to change, folks. He's the same. Peter changed. Jesus never changed. Traditions changed. Jesus never changed. Ways changed. Jesus never changed. And by the way, His Word doesn't change either. His Word's the same today as it's always been. I'm glad I can rest on that right there. Right there. You can live on this. 
You can survive on this. Well, you know, Dr. Phil's got ten ways. Well, I'm going to tell you something about Dr. Phil's ten ways. They'll only take you a little part of the way. You're going to need this. Because them ten ways are going to fail you. God's Word will never fail you. You can live upon the Word of God in that relationship with Jesus Christ. I want you to notice something else. Turn to the book of Exodus. If you're with me, say amen. amen. Exodus 31. Notice not only the building of the foundation, but the living. Not only do we build, not only do we start, but we must live upon the firm foundation. Exodus 31. We find here in Exodus three different rocks, three different stones that was so important to the children of Israel during this day that I believe is still important to us. Exodus 31 and 18. <clears throat> and he gave unto Moses when he made an end of communing with him upon Mount Sinai two tables of testimony, tables of stone written with the finger of God. Isn't it amazing the rock that we're supposed to be built upon? The rock is where the original Word of God was written. It was graven and etched in stone. And I'm telling you that the rock is a place of instruction. And when Moses came down off that hill, he had two stones in his hand. And it was the Ten Commandments that God gave him. And I'm telling you those Ten Commandments are as important to us today than they were in that day. Amen? Because it is God's way of instructing us how to live for Him. And I'm telling you, those stones and that rock is something that we need in our life. We need instruction. We need guidance. And the Word of God gives it. The Word of God will tell you how to be a good husband. The Word of God will teach you how to be a good wife. The Word of God will teach you how to be the right kind of daddy and the right kind of mama. The Word of God will, will show you how to lead somebody to Christ. The Word of God will teach you how to be the right church member. The Word of God will teach you how, how, how to lead your home and how to, to lead in your work and how to do and how to live and how to act and how to respond. The Word of God will teach you how to forgive. The Word of God will teach you how to quit being so bitter. The Word of God will teach you how to get through the trials. When everybody else is under the water, the Word of God will teach you how to stay afloat. I'm telling you, the Word of God will get you through things. When everybody else is drowning, you'll be on top of the water. Not because of you, but because of the foundation you stand upon. And I know the court system doesn't respect the Word of God anymore. And I know they don't honor it anymore. But I'm telling you, it's never wrong to be right. And the Word of God is right. You say, preacher, I don't know how to be the daddy. You get the Word of God, and the Word of God will teach you how to be the daddy you need to be. And I'm telling you, you can never go wrong by doing it God's way. It's not the popular way, but it's the best way. And it's a foundation. I want you to look here in Exodus 17. If you're with me, say amen. I don't want to lose you. I find another rock. Man, this makes me want to shout here. Exodus 17. If you're going to build it, you might as well live on it. Live in the Word of God. Live in the place of instruction. But also the rock is a place of fulfillment. Verse 5, The Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people, 
<clears throat> Take with thee the elders of Israel and thy rod, wherewith thou smotest the river. Take in thy hand and go. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, and the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. There's going to be days as God's people that we're going to be thirsty. There's going to be days as God's people that we're going to need fulfillment. Don't go to the world for it. Quit going to society for pleasure. Go to God. Go to the Word. Because it's a place of instruction and it is a place of fulfillment. The God's people were out in the wilderness. Brother Morris, they were thirsty. They were hungry. And there's days in our life that we get thirsty and hungry, but we're filling ourselves with the wrong stuff. God said, get to the rock. God said, get to the rock and I'll provide everything that you need through this rock. He said, Moses, take your rod. Struck that rock, water come out. The people of God was fed and watered through the provision of God. Because as God's people, we get everything we'll ever need from the rock. You say, preacher, I'm lost. Then get to the rock. He'll fulfill you. He'll give you a drink of water. Are y'all with me? Look at me. When you're thirsty, He'll give you water. When you're hungry, He'll fill you up. When you're down and you think there's no more reason to keep on going... He'll lift you up. When you think it's time to throw in the towel, He'll bring something along just to encourage you. Oh, I'm telling you, I can't survive without the rock because it gives me everything I need. It gives me strength. It gives me grace. It gives me love. He gives me mercy. Oh, would you drink from the fountain this morning? Child of God, stay under that fountain. Keep drinking of the water that He has to give. And I promise you it's fulfilling. It's fulfilling. I want to close in Exodus 33. And I wish I wouldn't lose my voice because I could shout all over this house. <clears throat> Not only is the rock a place of instruction, fulfillment, but it's a place of security. <laughs> Exodus 33:18. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. Oh God, I want to see more of you. You ought to have that desire this morning. Oh God, I want to see you greater than I've ever seen you. And he said, I'll make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. You can, I'm going to stop and let you shout right there. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that a blessing? Notice what he's saying. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there's a place by me that thou shalt stand upon the sand. Didn't say that. There's a place for you to stand right here on this tradition. Right here on this fad. That's where a lot of us are standing. On tradition and religion and corruptness and wickedness. He said, if you want to see me, you're going to have to get on the rock. 
You get right here on this rock, and I'll let you get a glimpse of me. I'll let you see me. Lord, have mercy. And it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in the cliff of the rock. And I will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I'll take away my hand, and thou shalt see my back parts. But my face shall not be seen. We want to get to God without going through Jesus. We want to experience God and get the blessings and the greatness of God without the rock. He said, your religion's not going to get you there. If you want to see me, you get on the rock. And I'll put you in the cliff. Oh, I'm glad he put me in the cliff of the rock. What a secure place to live. What a secure place to be. Child of God, I don't know a lot. But Cathead, I know this. That Jesus is going to get me through. I don't know a lot, but I know if I died right now, I'm going to heaven. And I know if they pass all kind of different laws, I know God's going to take care of it all. I got a confidence and a boldness and assurance, not in my ability, but in His. And He said, if you'll listen to me and you do it my way, I will liken you into a man that builds his house upon a rock. We need our homes on a rock. There's a lot of homes floating off today. We need to get in the cleft of the rock. Oh, would you get, get hidden in Jesus. Get so saturated, wrapped up in Jesus. Don't get wrapped up in church. Get wrapped up in Jesus. Don't get wrapped up in religion. Get wrapped up in Jesus. And the rest will come. The rest will fall into place. You say, preacher, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this. You won't do nothing until you get with Jesus. And I'm telling you, when we get things right there, He'll take care of everything else. And I don't know your life, I don't know your problem, but God does. And maybe you're here today, child of God, and you have been toted all over this world. Trials, tribulations, things have just been moving you. And it's time to get back on that rock. Child of God, we have altars up here. purpose of these altars is to bring ourselves to them and fall down and present ourselves before God. If Abraham laid Isaac down, then you can lay down anything that's in your life that's holding you back from serving Him. Come to these altars. Fall where you are and say, God, here's my life. We need a foundation. I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. You know who I thank God for? Mr. Owen, I thank God for people like you. Miss Francis not here, but I thank God for people like her. Brother Norbert Lee, I praise God for people like you. Because the boat has rocked for 60 years, 70 years here at Promised Land. But you stayed on board. It's tough to stay on board. Stay on board. But if you're going to do it, you're going to have to get on the rock. You're going to have to get that firm foundation. Would you stand this morning?